have come together today to worship the one true living God and to celebrate the amazing pastors that he has placed in our lives. We have some of the best, Northview. Can I get an amen? How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, God, you reign. We remember without ceasing the work of faith, labor of love, and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we decree and we declare, you reign over our pastor. You reign. You reign over their wealth. You reign over their health. You reign over their destiny, over their purposes in the name of Jesus and on the authority of God's holy word. The Lord said, I will give you pastors according to my heart which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Lord, we thank you for giving us shepherds after your own heart. Shepherds who serve and bless us through their apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and teaching giftings and callings. Amen. Honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. Let the heirs that rule well be counted worthy of devil honor, especially those who labor in the word of in doctrine. Jesus, we praise you for our pastors who labor in the word and in doctrine. They feed us with the living word of God, and they are worthy of devil honor. Have confidence in your leaders and submit to their authority because they keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Do this so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would, not, that would be of no benefit to you. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus, we joyfully and confidently submit to the pastors who you have placed in watch care over us, and we determine to follow them as they follow you. We will consider their lives and imitate their faith. One of the best ways we can imitate their faith this morning is to enter wholeheartedly into praise and worship just like they're about to do. Amen. So let's give our God, let's give our God our best this morning.
because of Jesus, there is joy in this house today. Because of Jesus, we are full and running over. And we are blessed. He's truly at the center of it all. Yes, you are Jesus. At the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be His song. 
everybody. It's so good to see each of you this morning at Northview. We're glad that you chose Northview to come today to celebrate. Of course, Jesus first, our pastor second. Who is first? Jesus. But we have some awesome great pastors in this house of worship, and we want to honor them today. We also want to uh, welcome our online congregation, thank you for worshiping with us. Next, we want to recognize anyone that is here for the first time. If you're here for the first time, if you will, lift your hand and the ushers will give you a card. We want to keep a record of your visit. I don't, I believe everybody here is home folks. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed the service today, and uh, uh, we are asking Danny to come forward. You're always doing so good to hand you the microphone. It is the day to honor, which we honor them every day, but we're just going to pick the day out for everybody to, uh, at one 
the time or whatever, just show our pastors, Pastor Tim and Kim. I knew if I start naming them, I would be in trouble. <laughs> Pastor Faye and Pastor Carla Suzette, and of course, Pastor and Miss Blees. Um, I've been coming uh, here a long time, and um, we do have um, we have an awesome group of pastors. I mean, when you when you uh, see what's going on in our world and, and different things, and but we have a, uh, great leaders here that are teaching the word and teaching us to be disciples of the Lord teaching us to enter into his presence, teaching us honestly how to love the Lord, how to grow in the Lord, how to serve the Lord. Amen? I mean, that's why I'm coming. <laughs> I mean, we got great leaders, I mean, that, that are teaching us sound doctrine. And uh, that's, that is uh, not to be taken lightly in the days that we're living Amen. Amen. Uh, so uh, this time we're going we're going to take up the offering. So if the ushers will pass out the envelopes, um, but I do want to say uh, a couple of things while they're doing that. Is um, I want to read uh, a verse, of course, about our tithes and our offerings. And it's in Malachi chapter three and verse ten. It says, "Bring all the tithes into the storehouse." So there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven armies, of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. Amen. Come on now, amen. Let's get amen. I should have to call on these amens now. <laughs> I mean, don't you want the Lord to open up the heavens for you? Come on. The, the Lord's blessings. I mean, the word said that his blessings chase us down. Come on now. I, I, I like that part. Come on now. You want something to chase you. You sure want the blessings of the Lord to chase you down. And not only chase you down, but catch you. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> and they run you over. Amen. Come on now. Let's go. I mean, this, this, is not a, this is not a sad time to be given. This is a joyful time. The Lord said he likes joyful givers. So, uh, and I, the pastor, like I say, Pastor Blees has taught. I got to move around a little bit now. Um, I hope it don't take too long, Miss Please. If I do, you call me down. <laughs> it won't be the first time. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, it says, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room. Amen. Amen. Come on now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Hey, uh, well, you know, because those blessings are not just financially. I mean, salvation for your family, healing for your body, deliverance. Come on now. I mean, it's, it's whatever you need. God said, Tim, he's Jehovah Jireh. Whatever we need, God said he'll provide. And the pastors, he has spoke on it for years. And, and I remember... Uh, Certain things just stick out when you've been here for uh, 30 some years. I started when I was 10. Uh, <laughs> well, I did come a long time ago and come back. But, uh, 
what the pastor said, and, it, and it's so true. Um, if the Lord has your pocketbook, He's been had your heart. Come on now. I know you're getting a little nervous now. I got to your pocketbook. <laughs> well, he, he had to get over there in that pocketbook. But that's what, he'll pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Then he says this, try me. Come on now, try me. In other words, you don't believe it? Try me. I'll show you. So that word try me means what? We gotta do something. And, you know, a lot of times people, when you get talking about tithes and offerings, they say, oh, that's Old Testament scripture, Malachi. It is. I agree. But so is Psalms 23. But you quote that one, don't you? <laughs> Uh-oh. I'm about to back up, Hattie, Miss please. <laughs> so the apples can't get to me. But not seriously. Think about it. It's not a... The reason God wants us to tithe and to give offerings is so that he can bless us. It's a channel. He wants to bless us. And you want to see the fruit and the results of your tithes and your offerings for years and years? Look at this building. Come on, amen? It's paid for. Debt free. We had an addition of a children's wing added on several years later. Debt free. Come on, come on, amen. Come on. God said, God said if, if we give, try him. You don't believe it? So in other words, God's giving you a dare. You remember the Christmas story, Triple Dog Dare, where the boy stuck his tongue to the pole? God's daring you to give to him. God's daring you to give. And um, so this is, and we have the Restoring Hope Center over our other facility where God is using uh, to feed and to take care of not only our faith family, but the community and the communities beyond that. So let's, can we give God praise? Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay, ushers, you can... Uh, Pass out the uh, tithe and the offers. You better get some bigger baskets, so I think we're going to need them today. Come on now. Come on now. And God said to test him and to prove and see if he will not open the windows of heaven. I mean, I know we've heard that scripture and we'll hear it again, but it doesn't make it any less true. God said to test him. To test him. God said to sow your seed. And there's a uh, verse was in the gospels. Said you sow your seed. It falls upon good soil. Some bring forth a harvest. 30. 60. 100. It's talking about something a little different. But at the same time it's talking about a seed. So if you plant a seed financially. In good soil. And I'm here to testify this morning. That this is good soil. Amen. This is good soil. You, you just hold on. And uh, within the next couple of years, you're going to see what God is really going to do. 
Come on, amen. Hey, God just getting started. <laughs> God just getting started. All right, we can, uh, you can go ahead and receive the offering, but I think it's going to be playing, right? Go ahead, Ron. I'll let you take it over, brother. Yes, you can come up and uh, give you tithes and your offerings. speak for all the leaders of the house and whether you're here today or watching online whatever it may be we as leaders of Northview Harvest Ministries want to say thank you thank you for all the time that you gave thank you for all the time that you gave above to 10% Thank you for your offerings. The leadership, it, doesn't, it does not go unnoticed. I know they're praying over us, our families. But they would pray over us whether you brought your tithes or offerings or not. But as leaders, extend a great big thank you for your obedience over the years. This just hasn't started. It's been going on for years. 
And we thank you, honestly. We thank you for giving financially. But we also thank you for your prayers, your commitment to Northview Harvest Ministries, your commitment to the Restoring Hope Center. Come on. We, come on, yeah, we can't do this without you. We've heard the pastor, Kenneth and Pastor Tim, this is not our church. It's God's church. And God's will be done here. Amen. God's will be done here. And I feel it, and I, I'm sure the other leaders, if we've been praying and seeking the Lord, God's going to do great things. Come on now, you better hold on, grab a hold of your bootstraps, because God's going to do some things. Maybe bringing your, well, your lost family in. It's not just financially. Think bigger than that. Get outside the box. Think big. Hmm. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Lord, we just thank you for your presence. It's all about you, God. It always has been. It always will be. Father, we pray over these tithes and we pray over these offerings. We pray the word of God. We pray your word, Father. And your word tells us, oh God, to bring our tithes and our offerings into the storehouse. And that you would open the windows of heaven. And you would pour out a blessing so abundant upon us that we would not be able to contain it all. And God, I pray that over Northview Harvest Ministries, God, as this, as this ministry goes forth, oh God, that it's bigger than us. It's going to go out into the communities, oh God. Great things are you going to do, oh God. Great things are you going to do, God. And Father, we just pray your word over these tithes and these offerings. We thank you for your blessings over each and every person, Lord, that gave today. We pray and thank you, Father, for touching their hearts, for touching their lives, for touching their minds, oh God. And Father God, may we realize as a church, God, it's all about you. It's all about you. And Father God, we just speak and declare your word over these tithes and these offerings that they will go forth and do the work of the kingdom of God. Because it's all about you. And if you would repeat after me, there is an abundance. There is an abundance. <laughs> Come on now. There is an abundance. There is an abundance. Come on. There is an abundance of the blessings of God over this house on the authority of God's holy word. And in the name of Jesus, we bless this tithe and these offerings. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So now we've got...
Pastor Michael, come up. Are you coming up? If we have any children who have been in children's church practicing this that are not up here, did not make it this morning, you guys can come on if there's anyone else. Thank you, pastors, for displaying a lifestyle of worship. Thank you for believing in the kids' ministry of this church. We also want to honor one of our favorite drummers birthed in this church, my dad. We make you to worship like David and realize that the goodness of God is running after me. Spirit. 
one more, we'd like you to stand and sing with us on this one, please.
say thank you for all the pastors in here, all that you've done, the guidance, the wisdom, the prayers. It's never, it never goes unnoticed, and we just want to say thank you for all that you do. We love you. All right, so we're going to do this song, and um, the kids are going to just give some testimonies and kind of tell you what they're thankful for, but uh, I wrote this song to uh, this generation to know who they are in Christ um, in the name of it's until we look like you. So we're going to sing this uh, while they come.
teamed up and did this thing and Holy Spirit was just all in the big plan but you know there's got to be a little bit of comment something humorous when we do things um, and so James Earl had a brilliant idea to take some old 2000s plus beyond worship songs and remix them and make our own worship song 
but add lyrics to about the pastors. So um, some of us, one, me and him may be the first ones in your seat in the, new, in the office. <laughs> um, so I'm going to do, mine is going to be to the song, I Could Sing of Your Love Forever. Do you guys know that song? I could sing of your love forever. All right, so this one's about Miss Fleece. Uh, and this, this has got a lot of syllables in the middle. There in North Lomberg in those streets, there stays a queen named Joyce Fleece. She loves to worship and to preach. She keeps the praise team on the right beat. She's not afraid to lift her brow. She often teaches us to bow. She can be feisty, but she's sweet. Just don't mess with Kenneth, please. <laughs> and this is the, <laughs> the chorus. Won't you join the Christmas choir and sing? Or carry the flag at the go rally? It could turn out to be your favorite thing. Just say yes to our Queen Joyce, please. All right, so we had another one, so. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praise. All right. All right, you ready? All right, Pastor Tim, this is for you, man, all right? Here we go. You better get ready. All right, here we go. Lord, I always have two nights. Lord, I love the Dallas Cowboys. I'm so glad I'm from a car. Don't forget we have to stop lunch. You came from Columbia to preach the word. Then God led you to Lorenburg. From the south to the north. For the church, for the Lord. Lord, I always have tonight. Lord, I always have tonight. Lord, I love the Dallas Cowboys. Lord, I always need my wife. Cause sometimes this stuff gets crazy. You came from Columbia to preach the word. Then God led you. From the south to the north, for the church, for the Lord, Lord, I always have tonight. And so, we were going to do another one, but Mandy kind of got that song going, so I just had one, one chorus that I made up, and I was, it was going to be like this. And I could sing of my guns forever. Uh, give him a hand, guys. All right. Appreciate you.
you're dismissed. My face hurts. My head hurts from crying and my sinuses are all full of tears. Y'all, that's been amazing. Thank you. Give everybody a hand, would you? Y'all just want another water gun fight, don't you? Everything has been amazing. Thank you. And uh, I just want to say it's a pleasure to serve the Lord here at Northview Harvest Ministries and to fulfill his purpose and assignment that's before us. And right now, it's my duty. Uh, I am going to introduce our speaker and uh, Pastor Joyce, mom, is going to make some, some comments as well. Uh, today, we are blessed to have as our speaker, Pastor Jason Cook from the Refuge Church in Conway, South Carolina. He and his sweet wife, most, a lot of you may know Miss Chloe, and uh, y'all may not know Miss Alice. Hey, Miss Alice. Y'all give Miss Alice some love. Now, just give you some quick background. Uh, I've known Jason for years because when we had kids, one of the stipulations that when our kids went to summer camp, my wife laid down the law that I had to go with them. So I started off being there as a counselor in the cabin, and I would be there with Teddy and then Kendall and then Jordan. And Josiah did it one year. Josiah, uh, excuse me, Jordan. Jordan's there for one year, and he was like, that wasn't for his life. So he did one year. He was one and done. Uh, but the rest of them went multiple years. And But it was somewhere along the line, I met Jason uh, around Camp Robinson and just uh, got to know him over the years. And uh, when they were living in the Myrtle Beach, Conway area, one day my phone rang in Columbia, and it was Jason. And uh, he said something like, Bishop, Pastor, I don't know what he called me that day because he calls me both sometime. He said, I need to talk to you. And he was working at Krabby Mike's, and everybody give it up for Krabby. Anyway, <laughs> he said, there's a church in Conway. Bishop has asked me to fill in. There's interim. I think it had a handful of folks that were on the chronologically mature side. I'm talking, what, 10, 15, 20, maybe. And basically, I think the bishop of our conference and our denomination had asked Jason to serve as interim while they decide whether they're gonna close that church or what, because it was graveyard dead. They couldn't afford to stay open, they couldn't afford their own bills and stuff. So he called me and we talked about it and he went there on this interim basis and then he called me a little while later, lo and behold, he said, uh, this thing's coming to life. And I just, I didn't know what to tell him to do except just to follow the Lord and just be, do what God told him to do along the way. And it kept coming to life and coming to life and coming to life and coming to life. And uh, today that is a strong, strong, strong church. 
Not only did they have the, the old building, but they had a, a piece of land over near Walmart that a previous pastor had the vision to buy the land they've since built, and I think built again, and then built again, and still building. Uh, and not only that, but another pastor uh, from the Merle's Inlet area, there was another church that was about to close, just dead, hanging on the vine. They had taken that church under their wing and the pastor there, and then the pastor, I think, at the old church, they sent Pastor John over there, and now they have taken their fourth church under the wing in uh, Mullins. I started saying Maryland. I knew that wasn't it. In Mullins, South Carolina. And uh, Pastor Jason, God is using him to do a tremendous thing, and I back him the whole way. Not only that, but several years ago when we were pastoring in Columbia, the Lord laid on my heart to start doing a conference once a year. I called it the Young Lions Conference, and it was for young ministers that I, that I saw deep potential in that I wanted people to hear their voice, and I felt like they needed a platform to be heard. And so in one of those first conferences, I had this young man come to be one of the speakers that week. And I'm not sure that it might have been during that week he told us that they had a surprise that was uh, they were waiting to find out on. And she's sitting up here beside her mommy today. So, uh, Mom, would you like to come up here and share what you're going to share now? Um, Pastor Tim gave us permission to say just a word um, this morning. Um, when we were discussing someone to come for Pastor Appreciation Day, I said to Pastor Tim uh, during that time, did, did Pastor Blitz ever tell you that we had invited Jason to come at some point? This was several years ago, and then COVID hit, and you know, the rest is history. And, uh, and he said, no, but let's make it for Pastor Appreciation Day. He's, he, he has a special relationship with us, special relationship with them and the church. So we're delighted to have them today. And, but Chloe, would you please stand? Uh, I, we want to give honor to you, Chloe, today um, and tell you how proud we are of you. Um, she grew up in this church as part of our youth group and has become a woman of great faith, a supportive and successful pastor's wife, plus she serves as a registered nurse. Let's give her a big hand of welcome home today. So, so the gift is for you, Chloe, but we, Pastor Faith and Pastor Kim put a little something in there for Alice and a little something for Pastor Jason as well. Um, uh, and then God knit my heart to Jason's, to Pastor Jason's at a camp meeting altar in Lake City years ago where I and others helped him pray through that night. He was just a teenager, but I knew then that he had a heart for God and would be greatly used. As a senior at Emmanuel College, she served his internship here and worked with our youth. And many of those youth are here today serving the Lord. All of you who were here, and Pastor Jason was here, stand please. Isn't that great? Like the children's church. Yeah, and like the children's church. He has gone on to become a successful pastor with the oversight of four churches, as Pastor Tim just said. And we believe, Pastor and I believe, that the secret to your success 
has been your willingness to submit to those in authority over you. You're truly a man after God's own heart. Jason, or Pastor Jason, sorry, Pastor Jason, my pastor and I honor you and respect you for that. We love you and we celebrate the godly husband, father, and pastor that you are. Let's give Pastor Jason a big hand. Welcome home. So y'all come on and make a lot of noise. A man that I look to like a son in the faith, Pastor Jason Cook. A young man that I have the utmost confidence in. Amen. How many of you glad to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask again. How many of you glad to be in the house of God this morning? Amen. I want to say it is good to be home. Thank you for the just the kind invite. It has been 17 years, I think, since I've stood in this pulpit. So it is quite the honor to stand in a pulpit where I know great men like Ron Carpenter Jr. and Bishop Tony Miller and Pastor and Mrs. Blees and then Tim and Kim Hodge. It's just an honor to share this pulpit. I was watching as uh, some of the teens that I got the privilege of leading were teens when I had them. Now they're great and respected leaders in this church. And I just sat there and the tears just ran down my face. And I just thank the Lord for his goodness. And I hope I was able to help some while we were here and able to try to do that. Pastor and Miss Blees, I'm going to save my comments and Pastor Tim and Miss Kim for the end for my last point. So... Uh, I do want to do one thing while you're turning in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, it is good to be home. You're a great looking Sunday morning crowd and God bless you. If you'll go to Genesis 1 with me. Melissa, it's an honor to see you this morning. And um, Jonathan, for those of you who don't know, was in my wedding. And ever since I became a girl dad, now anything a young lady does or says just gets me all choked up. So... It is quite the honor to see you this morning. It may be tough to sing about the goodness of God today, but the better days are coming, and I'm just believing God's going to hold your hand. Thank you for just being here this morning. It means a lot. Your husband meant a lot to me. His red Dodge, I just prayed to God I was be able to get one one day. He had it, and I had a red exploder, but I wanted that Dodge so bad. <laughs> that truck was so good. It is a good honor to have some of my church folk with me, uh, to have Brad and uh, his kids and friend, and then to have uh, my aunt, well, I call her my Aunt Kitty, but she's Chloe's aunt that basically raised her. Her mother is uh, very ill, uh, recovering. She had COVID and almost died last year and is um, doing her best to recover. She's been struggling to breathe, but it's good to have my the cream to my coffee, and it's good to have the, the girl that makes my world spin that I met right there in that spot it's where I met her and uh, it's been an honor ever since I made the mistake of asking her if she wanted to go forward with her riding sometime and she said which one of my two do you want me to bring I knew right then that was the girl hallelujah <laughs> yeah, hallelujah and uh, yeah and then those of you that don't know our story I won't belabor but um, 11 years of marriage and many 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 health crises to be eventually told that children were not an option for us and that um that door was closed so i went to california with mission m25 on a diaper run and uh that is where we raised money for a pro-life home royal home in falcon and while i was there my um i think the lord did something to change things i came home and my sister had stayed with my wife while i was gone um uh, my channel some of y'all met jana and a couple weeks later, 
Chloe came in and said she had a package for me, and it was a, a bag with red shoes, and I said, what is this? Come to find out, she was telling me that she was pregnant with our angel, Miss Alice. And um, the problem we ran into, and if I were to go into the story, just the miracles of God, but uh, the problem we ran into is when the doctor gave us the date of conception, I was in California. <clears throat> I had a little issue with that, and because uh, it was only my sister in the house, so I know enough about science that don't work. <laughs> so when we went to get, so Jana asked her, I said, Jana, are you going to show up to sign the birth certificate and uh, pay child support? And uh, come to find out we went for the second ultrasound and the date lined up and we said okay lord maybe it is mine hallelujah if she looks enough like me now there is no denying that alice holland cook is mine so would you stand for the reading of god's word i don't want to be in front of you long i know it's uh pastor appreciation days and big days are long and the preacher is just bless his heart at the mercy of the folk that's hungry so i'm gonna do my best to obey the lord and get out of your way for just a moment Genesis chapter 1 says this, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was a light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the third day. God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and morning were the second day. God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth. And the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed. Everybody say seed. And the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself. On the earth, and it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed, to according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Uh, would you pray with me as we just ask the presence of the Lord to continue to be with us. Father, I, I do thank you for the sweet anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence, God, that's in this building. Thank you, God, for what you're doing. Thank you, God, for what the ministry of this church. And thank you, Lord, for the, the future ministries that they haven't even been birthed yet. God, I thank you that the ministries of this church are expanding to the north and the south and the east and the west. God, I thank you that miraculous resources are going to come into this house that did not just show up miraculously, God. So much so that it would blow our minds about the goodness of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, that miraculous and abundant provision, Lord Jesus. I just speak that over this, Lord. We believe that that the ministries of outreach will continue to expand, that teens and young adults will come by the droves, God, because of the signs and wonders that will take place in this building. And may the word of the Lord go forward out of this place, God, and be heard around the world, Lord, as a ministry that believes and practices and teaches and sees the hand of God at work. And God, we're going to give you all the glory in the name of Jesus and all God's children said, amen. Do me a favor and hug your neighbor if it's 
kiss your spouse, you can slip them a smooch, and you may be seated in the house of God. Amen. Amen, amen. Y'all making me feel at home. You'll really make me feel at home if your ameniter is working this morning because it's going to take me just a minute to get going, but if I ever get going, it's going to be, it might be ugly. We might be tossing some babies and shaking some hands here in a minute. So when I said that, I meant to say that just like that. Galatians 6 and 7 says that God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. We go into Genesis the 8th chapter and Genesis the 8th chapter says this, that as long as the earth endures, there will be seed, time, and harvest. And one thing we've got to understand about seed, I know y'all been taught about seed, but I'm going to take it from a little bit different angle if that's okay. So a seed can only reproduce after its own kind. If you plant a watermelon seed, you're not going to get a cucumber. If you plant a cucumber, you're not going to get a watermelon. If you deposit cucumber seed in the ground, you will reproduce cucumbers. It's the same with humans. Human seed produces other humans. Animal seed produces other animals. But there's one more seed that we've got to mention, and that's the Holy Spirit seed. Because, see, the Holy Spirit reproduces divinity. Watch out now, because remember Jesus was hovered at him. When he became conceived, Mary was hovered over by the Holy Spirit and the seed was deposited. Mary's egg made the seed of the Holy Spirit and a living God that came in flesh named Jesus was born. Why does that matter? Because every time the Holy Spirit deposits a seed into your life, you can bank on one thing. He's producing more of Christ in your life. He's trying to do more than what you can understand. He's not just there to produce something that's a word that leaves you hanging. He's there to produce a seed that will produce in you the Christ-like nature and the character of God inside of your life. Everybody and their mama wants to knock the word of the, the Holy Spirit gives you. But if we're not careful, that word is something that God is trying to develop inside of a believer. And we wonder what in the world's going on. But I can tell you that the seed of the word of the Lord is a deposit that you can bank on will bear fruit. The question is, how how will you deal with the seed of the Holy Spirit? And everybody said, Amen. Science understands one part. We understand the water and what role it plays in the germination process. But we don't understand that seed produces, we get that seed produces after its own kind. But what science cannot figure out is what the earth pulls, how the earth pulls the seed into itself and causes it to sprout and spring forth. Science cannot understand why the dirt, what it does to the seed to make it produce. Nobody understands it. Nobody gets it. All they know is that dirt's involved, water's involved, and seed's involved. See, there's power in dirt. Oh, it's got kind of quiet in this Presbycostal meeting today. Let me try that again. There's power in dirt. Why is there power in dirt? Because, see, it's when we get into those dirty situations that the power of God is manifested as we come out in our life. See, folk like to throw dirt at others and they like to sling dirt when you're going through a tough season, but then there's this people that understand that just because it's a dirty mess does not mean God is not gonna use. It may have been bad at the moment, honey, but you can bank on this, that if God can get you through it and get you out of it, he'll use it for your glory. Some of y'all been wondering why everybody been slinging mud at you. What you ought to do is be giving God a praise and a shout. 
Why? Because what they're doing, they don't realize. Every time they sling a little bit of dirt, they compress the dirt around the seed. And the seed has no potential without the dirt. But let that dirt get packed in all right and tight. Then what God begins to do is God begins to take and produce. And the crushing process begins. But then the water gets mixed in. What is the water? That's the word of the Holy Spirit. That's the word of Jesus. That's the word implanted in your life. So about the time it looks like a muddy situation to everybody around you, child of God, what you need to do is look up because when they jump on you, when they walk on you, and when they throw dirt on you, all they're doing is seeking the purpose and serving the purpose of God. What is that? It's to make what God has in me come up out of me because if a seed is not in the ground, it's wasted it's useless but if the seed is ever deposited the word of God said about my Jesus if he was deposited in the earth he would come out with a multitude of saints of God with him what does that tell me that tells me that the seed of God implanted in my dirty mess is something God can make a good thing out of do you know that God works for all people to the good of those that love him do you know that he has plans do you know Bring the dirt on. I'm going forward. Amen. Your neighbor high five and say, I might be a little dirty, but I'm going somewhere. Hallelujah. I feel a little preach. Y'all just ignore me for a minute. Wait for it. Every time somebody wants to throw dirt, a seed that's just sitting on top of it is useless. Every time they pounce on you and every time they jump on you and every time folk don't understand you, it doesn't mean that it's over. As a matter of fact, it might get a little muddier before it gets better. But what I can promise you, if you'll keep your eyes on Jesus, the old song said, turn your eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wondrous face. Now, I don't know about you, but is there anybody in the room that's been through a dirty situation that can stand on your feet and give God a shout of praise because he brought you out of what should have destroyed you, what should have ruined you, what should have made it over with. He brought you out. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Give your neighbor a high five and say, it might be dirty, but I made it. Hallelujah. It might be dirty, but I made it. And then there's this second part, and that's time. We know that Genesis 8 said there's seed and time and harvest. Second part's time. This is when the work pays off. The steed starts showing. There's a process of burying and crushing and water. And earth pulls what's in it and it has to break through the surface. And eventually it will bear fruit. But the bigger the harvest, the longer the seed has to germinate. Some folk, they deposit their seed in the offering or they deposit their seed in a relationship or whatever. And they're expecting for an immediate harvest and it doesn't work that way. Do you know a possum can bear her young in 12 days? That's why they're dead all over the highway. Amen. They got too many cheering. Ain't nothing we can do with them. An Indian elephant takes 22 months. 22 months. And look at the size difference in that elephant. In other words, the power is not in the size of the seed. The power is, see, big things start as a small seed. My understanding, and I remember when I was here, restoring hope wasn't existence yet. It was just the old building. Miss Faye was working her hind end off, and she's still an honorable and one of the 
most aggressive, powerful women of God I've ever met. But here's what I know. That little building doesn't look like what it does today because what started as a small seed back into the community has now turned into an outreach that the last time she told me has produced over a million dollars every year worth of food and inventory to give people in the community. See, the Bible said, don't grow weary in well-doing because in due time, you'll reap your reward. But that's not the only reward what we see in Laurenburg. Do you know on the campus of my church, there's a building called Project Restoring Hope named after the ministry here in Laurenburg, North Carolina. And the folks we're reaching is a result of your seed. And we give away between 500 and 600 people a month eat a meal from our church. That's because of your seed in us. Can we give God a hand clap of praise? Amen. Don't grow weary, child of God. You may have a ministry calling you're not seeing yet. Don't give up. You may feel like God's called you to the nations, but he can't use you in the nations if you can't even talk to your neighbor. Amen. Amen. You can't preach to the masses when you can't preach to the one. There is something about being faithful in little things. I read that somewhere, Brother Whitehead. I read that somewhere. Be faithful in the little things. There's time. Takes time for that large harvest. Some of you say, Well, I've been faithful, Pastor, and I've been putting seed in for my house to be paid for and seed in for my child to be saved. Whatever you've been given to God, trust Him with your seed because if there's time and it's a big harvest, it's coming, honey. Just wait. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. And everybody said, Amen. Step three harvest. This is when you begin to see. The product of your seed. This is when that seed starts showing. It's a process. It's, a, it's all of these steps. And, but even a seed that's fixing to bust the surface, you can't see it at the moment until it breaks through. My little girl was born in a way other. She had to have a, a C-section. There was closed blood pressure was through the roof. She was born four weeks early. But at that time, we were preparing for the labor process. And the labor process is inundated with time and it's inundated with some pain and a whole lot of pain for the females that are in the room that have given birth. Whatever way you did, there's pain all the way around. And my wife had been bearing this seed and this egg and it had produced what became our baby. And nine months in, then we got to hold our harvest. But that moment before, for mothers that have a traditional birth, that moment before birth is the most intense. And from what I understand, according to science, it's the assimilation of breaking multiple bones at the same moment. It's that breakthrough moment that mamas are about to die. Give me an epidural, give me whatever I got to have, get this pain going. But they're, they're pushing to get their miracle out, but their miracle cannot come without the push of some form. See, church, when it's time for the harvest, that's about the time all hell wants to cut loose on you. That's about the time everything around you wants to surround you and swamp you and make you feel like nobody cares. But what I came by to tell you, if you'll just keep going at the moment you feel like you want to back off, that's the time to lock your heels in and say, devil, you can push all you want. You can push me back. But what I can promise you is I'm going on. I will birth the promise of God. I will hold my miracle. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't give up at the moment of pain. When a runner is running, I happen, I know I don't look like it, but I actually happen to be a runner. 
I run a couple days a week. I don't like a Harley rider either, but I've rode a Harley over 100,000 miles in the last five years. Across the nation six times, raising pro-life and awareness, and we've raised over a million four hundred thousand diapers and wipes, a team of eight to ten bikers, and we've raised over $300,000 for the pro-life cause, a bunch of bikers just going across the country. But brilliant as a pro-life, as a runner, as somebody who runs, there's a point where everything in your body says, quit, you, you, you're too fat for this. <laughs> you need to quit, your heart's going to blow up. I have to watch my heart monitor on my watch because my heart will be screaming at 170 beats a minute. I'm starting to get, get where I'm ready to give up. And when it gets up to 177, 179, I'm, <sighs> I'm dying. But that three-mile run is what's keeping my body in check with my heart. At the end of the day, what I'm finding is this. When your body gets to that point of quitting, that's the point I really need to stretch my legs and really start running. Why? Because that point of breakthrough, if I can ever push past that point, you can run further than two or three miles. You can run as far as you want. Why? Because you didn't let your body, it's mind over matter. And in the war of the spirit, here's what I can reassure you. That the enemy wants you to quit. The enemy wants you to give up. He wants the pain to cause you to give up on the process. But what he doesn't know is as a child of God, if you'll press on when things are tough, if you'll press on towards the goal of the high calling in Christ Jesus, is there anybody in the room that you're pressing on no matter what comes your way? Hallelujah, bless the Lord, I'm pressing on. Don't give up when things are bad. Every now and again we ought to praise God because we're in the middle of a fight. Let me preach to the wall. Every now and again, we ought to praise God because we're in the middle of a fight. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. I can tell you when January the 1st of this year hit, all hell broke loose around Conway. I can tell you that we walked through some stuff in our church that I don't even want to mention. It was so awful. I went through some stuff where my wife lost her father suddenly to his died at 59 years old to a, to a stroke. But at the end, we started walking through and we had to start fighting for our marriage and started fighting for our family and fighting for our church and there was just a fight going on but then I got a phone call in February and it started making sense it was time for that fourth church that was about to close to come up underneath refuge there was a time for that and that church has doubled and launched a Hispanic ministry and is growing but if we'd have gave up but about some time around July I remember that that spirit of breakthrough had to fall on this old boy and thanks be to God we're pressing on we're pressing through and we're gonna make it hallelujah glory I mean you know when the old devil's fighting he fights everything you got he fights you in your money he fights you in your family he fights you in your home he fights you everywhere but what he doesn't know is he's defeated. I saw the end of the book and I know he doesn't have any power. He can't mess with my seed because my seed the Lord has put under his care. Hallelujah, amen. Now let me talk to you for a minute and I'm gonna get out the way. Every now and again, I think we ought to praise God when we see a battle looming because see, an enemy doesn't fight back against something that has no spoils. If there's a battle to be fought, your enemy does not want to fight back if something that's not worth even fighting for. If the enemy hadn't been on your trail, you need to reevaluate what you're fighting for. Because he's not going to mess with somebody who's not messing in his territory. 
He's not going to mess with you if you're just not doing anything, if you're just happy-go-lucky, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost-filled, and satisfied. You're not a threat to his kingdom. But the folk that's doing something to get out in the world and tell the message of the gospel, the enemy's going to fight you tooth and nail to stop. What God, I see one more thing that's bothering me. It doesn't exist in this church, I'm sure. But in mine, it's casual Christianity. We've gotten saved. We bring our tithe to church. We don't expect the miraculous. We show up. Expectation is the pathway to the miraculous. But when church folk come in and they've got all, they're happy, blessed, got all they need, they don't need God anymore. But let the sister come in that her body is hurting her or the cancer is racking her body. Let me tell you something. We've seen tumors explode. We've seen cancer reverse. We've seen diabetes have to back off. We've seen it because people are hungry. But in this day, and it's a post-COVID church everybody's oh, well maybe he'll do it maybe he'll do it maybe he won't but everybody said that COVID was going to destroy the planet but God had another word it took a lot from us but it could not stop the mighty move of God in the earth hallelujah hallelujah for a while there COVID had more power than the name of Jesus in our community because of the way it was used we didn't use his name to invoke power. We gave COVID more power than we gave our Savior. Amen. I think we talked about it so much and it got mentioned so much where I just got tired of it. I'm tired of talking about it. If I got to go to church with 20 people or 300, whatever the case might be, we're going to have church. And I understand being healthy. My wife is a nurse. I get it. But at this time, what we say, what we do, and who we are matters. Let me give you something. Any action, thoughts, words, or involvement is a seed. Any word, action, thought is a seed. The fruit it bears will always depend on the seed planted. I'm going to give you three and I'm done. First one, the seed of your words. Once they are said, they can only be forgiven, not forgotten. Words are free. It's how you use them that cost. And kind words do not cost much, but they accomplish much. I want to give you this warning. I wouldn't be the man of God this morning if I didn't warn you, but every idle word the Bible says we'll give an account for. Every idle word, not just one or two, not every. It's every idle word. Now watch this. Every word in my worship is a seed. Every word. It's a seed of adoration back to the Lord, speaking to him the truth about who he is. Every word in my confession Pastor Blee's wore me out when I was here about the power of confession and I still to this day use that as a tool to speak life into people because every confession I speak over my body, my marriage, my life, everything is something I'm speaking the word of God back into. Every word in my praise is a seed. There's something powerful when you say there's joy in the house of the Lord. There's not sorrow. There's not bitterness. There's not aggravation. No, there's peace in the house of God. Hallelujah, bless the Lord. Then there's power in every word to my children. You want to know why your child's acting crazy? You've been speaking it over them sometimes. I know that's not all cases, but there are times that we reap the fruit of what we bore as a seed into our children. I started calling my daughter. I said, man, she got ADD like I do. The devil is a liar. I got to speak better than that, that you are alive and your mind will work like it's supposed to and there's goodness of God that will be expressed in you. We got to be careful what we say over your children. If you look at your daughter and say she's ugly, guess what she's going to grow up and feel like? She's ugly. If you say she's fat, guess what she's going to grow up and believe? She's fat. Every seed of a word matters. Stay with me. What about my health? 
we speak I'm sick and I'm I'm miserable and I'm hurting and I'm cramping and I'm this and I'm that and my leg don't want to work and my joints hurt and arthritis is not my friend. You want to know why those things want to continue to have their threshold because we give them power with our words. My Bible said that the power of life and death is in your tongue and if that's the case, what are you speaking over your own body? Amen. I have cancer. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Whether he takes me on to the glory cloud or whether he heals me on this side, I'm going to speak life over my own situation. Every word over my pain is a seed. And you might be hurting today. You might be walking through pain and disaster, but how I speak to it determines how I come out of it. Amen? Every word in my marriage, let me talk to the married folk, is a seed. You don't like the man you married because his breath stank and he leaves his drawers all over the place? Well, what you speaking to him? You sorry, good for nothing, won't go nowhere, do nothing. What you expect? That's what you get because that's the seed you deposited. Husbands over your wives. Are you speaking life over them or are you speaking death over them? Well, she's just crazy. She just is a nag. She's a, what you expect, you created the culture of the seed of which you will harvest we got to be careful that over our marriage and over our children and specifically over our church and over our pastors, what we speak. Because what we speak has power. Amen? All right. Number two. Actually, I don't even want to quit with that. If my words have that much power, how much more does the word of God have in him? What do you mean? Look back at Genesis. It doesn't say God went down and did. It said he spoke and it was. How much life-giving, creating power is in our seed of our word? See, when we look at the story of Zerubbabel, he said, look here, it's not by mind, it's not by power, it's by my spirit. But before he said that, he looked at the mountain and said, who are you, great mountain, and who are you that can't be brought low? But let me take you back to a little shepherd boy named David. He looked at Goliath with triumphant look in his eyes and said, you come at me in a spear and a sword, but I come at you in the name of the Lord. Why? Why is it so powerful? Because our devil can't stand it. Hallelujah. He thinks that if he can intimidate you, life is over. Finally, Jesus didn't look at a mountain and say, walk around it. He didn't say, sit down and sleep at it. As a matter of fact, he didn't say, get down in front of it and bow to it and worship. He said, speak to that mountain and what would happen? It would be cast into the sea. If you're facing a great mountain in this church service this morning, here's what I can reassure you. If you'll begin to speak to your mountain that it's got to get out of the way, what I can assure you is whatever you're facing in your life, be it your home going crazy, your kids going crazy, life doesn't make sense, your health is in bad shape, what I can assure you is speak to your mountain. Everybody said amen. amen. Seed of my thoughts. Seed of my thoughts. As a man thinks, the Bible said, Proverbs 23, 7, so is he. Psalm 139, search me and know my anxious thoughts. Mark 7 lets us know sin doesn't even originate in the body. It originates in my mind. Amen? Amen. You say, well, no, nah, that ain't the way. No, that's the way it goes. I love you, but that's the way it goes. Isaiah 55, 8, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. Romans 12 and 2, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As your thoughts go, so goes your life. Let me say that again. 
As your thoughts go, so goes your life. When I think of his goodness and all he's done for me, when I think about the Lord, when I think of this, when I think of that, how you think about a thing is what transfers to how you view a thing because if it gets a seed in your head, do you know sin just starts as a seed? James 1 tells us it starts as a seed and when it's full grown, it produces death. But if I'll put the seed of the word of God, the seed of life, the deposit of God's goodness, what I can and reassure you is that thought process will change my life and everybody said amen it originates in the mind desire is conceived gives birth to sin when it's fully grown brings forth death look at your neighbor and say neighbor fix your thoughts and fix your life let me say it one more time fix your thoughts and it'll fix your life I think y'all need to tell them again they didn't believe you shake them real good and tell them again fix your thoughts and it'll fix your life. Now give them a high five and tell them fix it all. Hallelujah. All right. You can't control a bird flying over you, but you can stop him from building a nest. In my case, there ain't much to build a nest in, as my daughter reminds me. My hair has disappeared and showed up in my ears and nose. Hallelujah. Part of old age, I guess. I'm 40 now, so that's hard to believe, but that's me. I want to talk about the seat of honor. Is the last one. We've talked about seed, talked about time, talked about harvest. The Bible says in Hebrews 13 and 17, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they're keeping watch over your souls, as those who will one day give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be no advantage to you. First Timothy 5 and 17, Let the elders rule well, be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. Hebrews 13 and 7, remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God. Consider their way of life and imitate their faith. 1 Thessalonians 5, 12 and 13, we ask you brothers to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord to admonish you and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work and be at peace among yourselves. Finally, Matthew 20 and 26, whoever would be great among you must, you must first serve. So what is the seat of honor? If our, our piano player would come and join me, I'd really appreciate it if he's available uh, to give me a lick or two on the keys. I thought, man, if you'd have warmed that keyboard up, we might have really had a break out here. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Somebody gave me some Hammond lessons while I was here. Glory be to Jesus. What is the seat of honor? Glad you asked. Our mouths deposit seed into our pastors and leaders. How do you use yours to about your pastors do you use it wisely to impart life into them or do you use it foolishly to pull what's in them out and only leave them empty what is it that goes back into your leaders my bible says they're worthy of double honor what about our bodies being present in service and showing up to serve when they need you one of the greatest frustrations in ministry is to plan a special service or to plan a, a serve day or an outreach day and you only get about 20% of the church to come back. Where I'm from, if I can get 20%, I'm doing hallelujah victory laps. I looked at our serve statistics and I'll be honest with you, that's an area my church needs work. I need to sow some more seed in that department. Why? 
we got we have our different reasons boats bats balls bikes they take up take up all the kingdom time because those things are more important there is nothing more important you will do this week than love your family and be in church on Sunday morning nothing nothing more important why this is our recharge this is our get filled back up to go out in the community and give it all but your pastor pours out everything he's got when he goes home on Sunday afternoon either one of them any of the four they go home on Sunday afternoon they're wore out y'all pulled and the anointing has gone out. Jesus even recognized that the anointing had left. He said, mm, some power went out of me. And we know it. We feel it. When I go home on Sunday afternoon, my wife can't stand it. I'm snoring by 2.30. I'm gone. She said, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm just tired. Watch this. Last but not least, our resources. Pastors are not paid an arm and a leg. They are paid. But nothing close to the worth is as their value. And I don't know anything about salary. Pastor Tim did not put me up to this. I'm just telling you from a statistical standpoint. The hours of this job are not limited to nine to five. Oftentimes, it's a 60 and 70 hour work week. And when not working, our minds, we cannot shut them off. It's impossible. I'm laying in bed, 12, one o'clock, listening to my wife and daughter in the, over the little intercom sleeping. And I'm sitting here worried about my church people and praying for my church people and loving on my church family and trying to believe God for better days for them and figure out strategies and praying and it just has become a, a cycle and then 5 o'clock in the morning every day I'm up I'm praying I know your pastor's up too because he starts writing on Facebook about 5, 6 in the morning so it's that same cycle and by 9 o'clock when you get to us if sometimes we look like we're a little tired we probably are but our resources put seed back into them and it's an honor, and they're worthy of double honor. And it's to be met with gratitude. I can speak over the four pastors of this house. They're some of the most loving, giving, and compassionate people I've ever met. And I can promise you they pour their whole heart and soul, and anything that is received by them is received as seed. Pastor, if I was a rich man, I would have brought you that new gun today. Not because you probably need another one, but because I believe in this ministry and I believe in y'all. The ministry that you guys have built. Pastor Miss Please, I brought Pastor a, a car that drives itself. Hallelujah. Finally, our hearts. Part of honor is loving your shepherds. Pastor can sense when you're here, but you're not here. Shepherds love hard. They don't give up easy. And for whatever reason, I just believe your pastor is the same as me, and he has a bulldog in the spirit. He doesn't let go. So if you think you're going to run, you got another thing coming because he's not going to let you go. He's going to push and pull and drag, and he's going to do whatever he's got to do to get you back to where you belong. Our hearts, so we can honor them with our mouths, our bodies, our resources, our hearts. Speak life to them. Speak Jesus to them. And watch God work. If you'll give me a moment, I want to read something I've wrote. And try not to cry. But then I want to minister just for a moment and hand the mic off. I'm aware of the time. In 2005, I reached out to Pastor Blease. And the choir I was traveling with brought us by this church. And typical Northview, the place was bananas that night. 
I watched flags go. That was as, it, that flag had to be 30 foot long with the Lion of Judah on it. And that, this place just turned upside down. We hit the shouting music and it was gone. Everybody was gone. And I said, this church has got to be one I need to be a part of. I was facing an internship and I reached out and at first he turned me down. Nah, he's too busy. But then redirected and brought me up. And y'all remember well, Miss Michelle was the church secretary at that time. And she called me a brat. That was my name, was Brat. <clears throat> but Pastor and his bride loved me, cared for me, were good to me. And they loved me as one of their own. When the time came for my season to end, they honored me. Never said an ill word about me. And for that today, I honor y'all. In a dark season, recently with one of my staff, I was able to reciprocate that seed y'all planted in me. 17 years later, you have seed that's still bearing fruit. You're both apostolic pioneers. You've done things that no one else can or would do. I still remember the satellite dish story. You reached people that only heaven knows, and the fruit of your lives is bearing fruit still in Conway today. Not everywhere, just everywhere and in Conway. So many things the ministry I lead is involved with came from your teaching and training in this church. I'll never forget Pastor training me on confession, on healing, on worship, outreach, and the Holy Spirit. I'll just never forget it. He would spend hours with me at that intimidating office table. And the only thing I don't miss, in all perfect honesty, is his driving. <laughs> it was bad then. I hate to see what it is now. Y'all probably took his keys by now. He used to have a bad habit to keep checking to make sure the windows were all the way up. He would be driving, the next thing I know, he'd be over here playing with the windows, make sure they're up. Can I tell you, I still do the same doggone thing 17 years later. See, your seed is bearing fruit. Hallelujah. I love you both dearly, and the honor is mine to speak life into y'all today. Pastor Tim and Miss Kim, I'm thankful that you are installed here as senior pastors. I just... I didn't know if Columbia was going to be able to let go, but I knew that this would be the season where this explosive harvest was about to be. They're the real deal, church. They're two folks I look up to. Pastor Tim really didn't know much about me, and we met over Pizza Hut one time and in Lake City, and he was in Charleston, and I was finishing college, but he made a lasting impression on me that day. The next season of his life found him in Columbia, and he cooked up this great vision among some younger brothers called Young Lions Conference gave young men a chance to excel and to speak to his lively congregation. If you couldn't preach there, you better go back to school. But Pastor Tim didn't just hold the revival. He showed honor and grace. It takes a real man and woman of God to bring in leaders, give them the privilege of the pulpit. Pastor Tim and Kim have spent their life teaching, training, leading young men and women. They've done so with grace, dignity, and humility. Pastor Tim continues to give guidance to me often as I ring his digits. Recently, we were seeking help from the conference board with a never-done-before plan. Bishop Hodge went to work for me. He's a man among men. The only thing wrong with him is he's a Dallas Cowgirls, I mean Cowboys fan. <clears throat> There's hope. But it doesn't hurt that he's a McCall redneck and can carry two knives. Hallelujah. I told a knife and a gun. Hallelujah. When I heard he was coming here, I knew Scotland County would never be the same. 
the pathways and bridges Pastor Miss Bleece have brought to the table. Now y'all get to continue to carry and expand. I want to say publicly thank you for the seed you deposited in me. Thank you for the seed you deposited in me. Every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to minister just for a moment before I hand it back my part over. If you're in this building this morning and you've been the victim of some awful words spoken to you, over you, about you, would you slip your hand up while nobody's looking around? It's just me and you. You've just been, the people have had some awful things to say. Come on, it's not to be embarrassed. I'm nobody looking but me. Thank you. Hands all over this room. Thank you. This morning, I want to speak life over you. I want to tell you that what they said is not who you are. Just because they said it doesn't give it validity and truth. Maybe it was true at that season of your life, but you're not that person anymore. And I just want to speak that there is new life blooming and blossoming where someone tried to speak death. But how you speak about your future will determine as your words and thoughts go, go your future. Don't let the enemy steal your best days because of the painful days you experienced. They might have talked, but people talk. If they ain't talking about you, they'd be talking to you. But every time they step, every time they throw dirt, you just look at the Lord and say, God, I thank you. You're planting me deeper. You're planting me deeper. You're getting this seed out of me and what's in me is coming out. Breakthrough is on the horizon. Jesus name if there's a second group I would ask this group and then I'm through you've been at the threshold of breakthrough you feel like you've been hitting your head upon the ceiling you hadn't quite got through you've just been suffering and pushing and pushing and pushing and every time you push it feels like you just keep hitting your head I want to speak to that group that this is about to be a breakthrough season this is about to be a breakthrough season this is a season where the things that fell apart are about to fall in place. This is a season where the enemy thought he had won over your life, over your ministry, over your home. But I speak as the young people that held the signs that said, God restored my marriage and restored my home and God restored me back to health and this is a place of peace. I pray that this place would be a place of peace and that the breakthrough for you would be on the horizon. I speak over your breakthrough that no weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue that rises up will be shut down in defeat. Their tongue has no power, but yours does. If you'll let the word of God be spoken out of your mouth and speak the word of the Lord with authority and boldness about what you're in the middle of, you can look at the devil confidently and say, I'm going through, and you can stop because I'm going on, I'm going through. If you do me a favor, would you do me a favor in this room? If you agree you're going through, we're going to make it and that the enemy is a liar, would you stand to your feet and give the Lord Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise, one who will bring it to a fruition in Jesus. I said the Lord Jesus Christ, not the Dallas Cowboys, Jesus Christ, the author and finisher of my faith. God bless you. What an honor. Praise the Lord God. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm moving on forward. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, Mr. Freddie, I think you're on, on the uh, agenda, which I seem to have taken from up here. 
I just grabbed everything and walked off. So, uh, Pastor Jason, I think you left something up here, brother. Anointing of God is up here. Woo! You know, you can feel like you're in a dry place. He hit it on the head. Brother, we've been through it this year. Still going through it. Think about it, we're going through it. When you walk around your house and you can't control your feelings and you start crying and you say, Lord, what is it? And you don't know. If he told me I didn't hear but I'm asking, why do I feel like I'm in the dumps? Why do I feel so alone? And I look around, I'm not alone. I got family here. I know it's praying for me and my family. We know God has got us in the promise in his hand, but I still feel alone. But I'm not. Pastor, I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to quit. I've come too far. And where I've been, I ain't going back. I don't know what God's got in store. Don't know what tomorrow might hold. But I'm not giving up on God. Because I know this house is not giving up on me. I know these two people up here not giving up upon me. God sent me here at the right time. Because two, two, just about two months later, my dad passed away suddenly. He had me here to be a punter deal. I was sitting here for a reason. I didn't know why. But I do now. You can look back on it and see. But I praise God for the message this morning, Pastor. I counted the honor to be up under your, your ministry, brother. When I heard you were coming, you know, you don't never know what to expect. Praise God for it. And Tim, I got a confession to make since God's good. Ain't he? God's good all the time. <laughs> it's all right, bro. I ain't gonna talk about them cowboys. I got better things to talk about. <laughs> but anyway. We were in the board meeting talking about Pastor and Kim coming. I told my wife, I had only seen Tim as an evangelist. You know, we'd see him once a year, at least once a year, come 
preach, and I understand how evangelists work. They come in and just stomp all over you. They don't care. I don't love them people. I'm going to tell them what God says, and I'm going to tell it. I don't care if they like it or not. And that's how I saw you, Pastor. I wasn't sure about it. And just being honest, I wasn't sure. Prayed and prayed and prayed. I was never against it. Let me tell you that. I wasn't never against it. You coming. But you know what? In the last year, God has opened my, my, my eyes and my heart to see you for who you really are. Like Pastor Jason said, you got us on your mind and in your heart at all times. And I know that. And I honor you today. I, I love you, Pastor. You and Kim. Because you're here at the right time. You're here for us. God sent you at the perfect time. No matter what we thought or what we didn't feel, God had a plan. He still got that plan. And I'm glad I'm part of it. I praise God that I'm here up under your ministry. And I'm excited about what God's going to do. Because you speak the truth. You do it in love. You do it in a way that we can understand. I wasn't the smartest thing in school. I had to cheat to get out of there. <laughs> Well, that's the truth. That's why my kids couldn't ever get by. I said, no, you ain't lying to me. You ain't, I know them tricks. Don't try to pull it on me. But you know what I'm saying. I, God has showed me a lot this past year about you and your wife. And it's just an honor to be here. So y'all come on. No, stay right there. Rest of the board, y'all come on up. Danny, Molly, Anthony. Charles. <laughs> now you can come up. <laughs> Y'all come on up here. I feel better about it. <laughs> but anyway, we just want to present this to you from the board and the church. Like Pastor Jason said, there's no way we can give you what we think you're worth. Because heaven's not down here. We can't tap into that yet. It would take that much to, to show you what we really think about you as far as finances. But there's no doubt in any of our hearts in that people I talk to in this church what you really mean to us they might not tell you they might be like me they can't find the words to tell you but rest assured it's high it's beyond all measure what this church really appreciates and what they think about you so we love you yeah, there you go he knows better he didn't even move his hand when I went that way so we love you
this, I would like to ask uh, our pastor emeritus and his wonderful wife, Kenneth and Joyce Blees, if they would join us. Pastor Faye Coates, would you join us? Pastors Carlos and Suzette Tobias, would you join us? Now I'm gonna tell you what, that's a home run team and a grand slam team. That's a championship team right there, you hear me? You know, we knew one day the Lord would return us back home. He spoke that 30 plus years ago prophetically. So a lot of people just kept saying we were out on loan and a lot of people would keep saying, when are y'all coming back? When are you coming home? And to be honest with you, after living in Charleston for almost, what, 12 years in Columbia, almost 13 years, the Lord was gonna have to press me real hard to come back to rural North Carolina. But how many of you know God has a way of pressing? And so we came up one day just to talk with mom and pop about this thing that the Lord had been laying on our heart because it had always been the elephant in the room and we didn't, nobody wanted to talk about it or nobody felt to talk about it. But when we came up and spent that day and We walked away from it saying, hey, the Lord is moving us all in this direction. I didn't know the Lord was moving us this quick till Pastor Blee's kind of hit the turbo drive on it. And I was like, whoa, we weren't expecting things to move that fast. But you know what? We're glad to be here. But we're only here because this man and woman have been faithful over the years. And still today, still today, continue to impact this ministry and this city and this region because even pastor we meet with a group of pastors and and those pastors tremendously uh, hold Pastor Blee's in high regard as they should not because of his title but because he earned it and as I call him to that group he is the Pope of Hope <laughs> would y'all show Pastor Kenneth and Joyce Blee's some love Pastor Faye, would you, can you move over this way just a little bit? Pastor Faye heads up uh, Restoring Hope Outreach Center, and that's our outreach center. I keep saying that, but we need to be reminded of that. And thank you, Pastor Jason, for what you shared about that seed that's happening right now in Conway, South Carolina. Pastor Faye, I want everybody that's ever, 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 if you helped weekly or if you have ever helped at all, 
unloading a truck or whatever, if you've ever helped at all in the outreach ministry, I want you to raise your hand and wave it just back and forth for a little while. That's right. And some of y'all, I see those hands up that are there every day. You're making a difference. Whether it's once in a while unloading a chip truck or furniture or whatever. And uh, Pastor Jason said earlier, and Pastor Faye shared uh, at the end of the year, uh, well over $1 million of resources moved through Restoring Hope. And it takes teamwork. But you know what? If you don't have a quarterback, a coach, a leader, the team is of no avail. Pastor Jason, that has come a long way. We thank God for those that had a vision when it was in that little fellowship hall center block building. But we've got a vision for that new building that's going to be finished in this the next few months. And then we're going to see what the Lord does for the next season. Would you put your hands together? Pastor Faye, we love you and we appreciate you. Carlos and Suzette, my brother and my sister. What a tremendous blessing y'all are as you influence people with your life and your lifestyle. And if you guys have, uh, if y'all don't, I'm gonna tell you right now, you need to get along. And when Pastor Carlos has the time and he's here, he's in that little music room right over there, that little conference room on Sunday mornings and he's in there man he's getting a hold of God and whenever I can I don't care if I can squeak in there for a few minutes man uh, I just want to get in the presence of him because he loves God and he loves people and the ministry that he has been the minister that he has been to speak into lives here at this in Northview Harvest Ministries and the ministry that he's doing just got back from Texas I know he was there doing work with his business, but I'm gonna tell you what, wherever he goes, he carries the anointing of the Lord. He's making an impact. He and Miss Suzette, tremendous people, and I am so glad to have them a part of what God is doing here at NHM. Would y'all show them some love today? Hold on, and, and as I told Pastor Blees, you can look at it. There you go, man. Would y'all just show them some love one more time? You know, it's an honor to be able to do what I'm doing today for you great pastors. Last weekend, my wife and I, we were in Hobby Lobby, and we were looking at some things, and this one particular saying, and we, we got it, and it stated, Fall, autumn, is proof that change is beautiful. And the things that y'all have done in the past to accept things, to change things, to get up with today's date, my wife and I, we, we appreciate that for allowing things to happen. Getting up the day with priests and praise, allowing different cultures to come into your church and welcome them in. We just want to thank that from each and every one of y'all. 
But I just want to bless you today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, his shalom, in the name of the power, the glory, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If y'all would just line across the front, please. And any, any one of you, you want to welcome them or just show your appreciation towards them, just start forming a lineup over here. understand some folks are going to leave uh, and we appreciate those of you that are coming around to express your appreciation but I'm going to go ahead and bless y'all for those that, that have got other appointments or something today so Father I thank you for these wonderful people I thank you for what you're doing here in this ministry I thank you for the future the vision I thank you God for your regional mandate impact this entire region this this county the surrounding counties we're not here to build a church we're here to build the kingdom of god we're not here to build a man's rep reputation we're here to build the name of jesus so lord bless these folks as they go forth lord god in the name of jesus we pray and everybody said amen